we continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the words of the Gospel according to Mark, the fifth chapter beginning in the 21st verse. Let us receive the Word of God. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came and, when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so, she may, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to, a he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one except he, he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in there with where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Tothakom, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to hear a word from you. Speak to us, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when we get to the part of the scripture that was so greatly read by Chloe, thanks, Chloe, for that, um, Jesus is on a roll. He just uh, healed a man possessed by demons, moved the demons into some pigs, and the pigs drowned. You should read the story. It's very interesting. Uh, and so Jesus crosses back over the water and is met with a great crowd, the scripture tells us. And he's barely able to get out of the boat before he's surrounded by people. The community wanted to come out to see Jesus. I mean, it's Jesus <laughs> and he's healing people and he's, and he's performing miracles. And so they wanted to be close to this person. And so the community 
uh, as a community of followers of Jesus Christ, we want to see Jesus too. We relish and we gather together to do so. We're, God created us to be social beings. I know that I'm a very social person. And so when God called us to regularly gather at church, like we're doing right now, um, God knew that we wanted, needed to be close to each other and to Christ. And so here is when the story, when we get to this story today, we see that Jesus is wanting to teach us something about community today. Uh, and so uh, as we are called to build community, as we're called to reach out into our community and to provide for our community as a whole, we're about to see two very different experiences. So Jesus gets off the boat, right? Uh, and is directly approached by one of the temple leaders, Jairus. Jairus comes up and falls at his feet and begs him, my daughter, she's sick, she's really sick. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And the scripture says, so he went with him. So Jairus walks straight up to Jesus, bows at his feet and tells him his problem. And he knows he can do that because he's welcoming community. There are no laws against what's going on in his household. No one has written laws against the affliction that has hit his household. He is known and respected in the community. He knows that the community will receive him. In fact, they'll get out of his way so that he can get to Jesus. And he knows that people will hush up just long enough for him to tell Jesus what he needs to say. And he expects a response from Jesus and that it'll be affirmative. Let's see, Jairus is centered in community. He knows what it is to have the privilege of having his needs met. He knows what the, he knows the privilege of having the community surround him and support him. He knows what it is to never doubt that his voice will be heard and that he will have the support of the community to succeed and, and thrive. This is where God reminds us that there are persons in the community for whom that is not the case. The scripture tells us uh, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. That is a long time. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better. Rather, she grew worse, the scripture tells us. So this lady has been sick for 12 years. And according to Mark, not only has she been sick for 12 years, she's been taken advantage of, hasn't she? Uh, let me remind you, this is the same community, friends. And her money has been taken and she hasn't gotten better. She's gotten worse. There are laws literally written against her in Leviticus that say that she is unclean. And because she is unclean, uh, she needs to stay away. And until this problem is fixed, she will remain unclean. That means that there's no marriage. There are no children in a society that already sees her as property and not someone of her own humanity. She has not received what she needs to thrive. 
and has probably been told, oh, you'll get over it as they're taking her money. And, and just shoves her to the side. And so she has a very different experience than Jairus, doesn't she? Now, here she comes, right? She's like, oh my goodness, here is Jesus. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to try to figure this out. But someone like that, when you're pushed to the margins, you get really good at hiding in the shadows. You make a life of it. It's a way of life for you. You know no one's going to understand. They're going to say something's bad about you. You're dirty. You're not clean. And so how is she going to get to Jesus? She surely can't do what Jairus just did and just walk up and say, here's my challenge. I need you to help me and come with me. Mm -mm. Society's told her, you better hush your mouth. Stop complaining. You must have done something wrong that you're like this. And so she says, well, if I can just touch his cloak, then maybe I'll, maybe I'll be made whole. And so she does. She touches his, she touches his cloak. How she got through the crowd is beyond me. How she made it to him with all those people. I'm guessing that she came from the bottom and kind of like crawled around. People thought maybe that was a child. I'm trying to figure out how she did it. But she does. And she makes it to him and touches him. And Jesus, realizing something happened, uh, stops and asks, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Now, I want us to consider those who are like this woman, those who have been othered by community. So what does that mean, Pastor Kelly? What does othered mean? It means that you're systematically pushed to the margins. It means that the law is literally written against you simply because you exist and have a human experience. It means that, uh, okay, let me give you an example. Um, there were laws written right after the end of slavery that were outlandish. For example, if a black man was preaching and he didn't have a license to do that from the president of something, something, he could get arrested. The bail was so high that no one who was in a community who had just been set free from being enslaved for hundreds of years could afford. And so that person ended back up in shackles. That's what it means to be othered. That's a true example, unfortunately. It means the worst is thought of you because you're unhoused or you're battling addiction or you're experiencing loss that has turned your life upside down and challenged and brought challenges to your mental, emotional health. It means that the worst is thought of you because of your skin color, because English isn't your first language, because of who you love. When we are pushing those who are in our community to the margins, particularly those 
who are in need because of the his, for, because of history of systemic institutionalized racism, sexism, ageism, classism, and all the isms, that those who have the power have deemed these people undeserving. We do a disservice to our community as those who follow Christ. Now, I can't help but wonder where this woman's family is. Where are her friends that she grew up with? She had to know somebody. Even in Mark's uh, account of her, of her life, he doesn't even give her a name. We believe her name was Veronica. So let me tell you, her name most likely is Veronica. But she's, her name's not even mentioned, Jairus is this, though. Jesus does what we should do for those who are who are in our community, who are at their wits end, who have been legislated and budgeted against and told they're not quite good enough. Jesus acknowledges her presence. Not only does Jesus do that, but here's what the scripture says. So Jesus says, who touched my clothes? His disciples say, dude, look at all these people. What are you saying? He looks around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, the scripture says, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. That really, that just hit me so hard that she was able to share the whole truth with Jesus. Can you imagine what she said? I know if it were me, I would have told everything. I would have said, Dr. So-and-so didn't help me. Dr. So-and-so took my money. Dr. So-and-so, who over there, who everybody thinks is so great, he took my money and didn't help me. In fact, he told me I was crazy and I was dirty and to get out of his office while he was taking my money. Can you imagine when someone gets to tell their truth, how we open up the community And so she gets to tell her truth. The truth will make you free. (laughs) That's what the scripture says. And Jesus says to her, after telling her truth, he doesn't say, oh, get out of here. It can't be that bad. Oh, oh, you're just making excuses. Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. He affirms her truth. And when we open ourselves up as community to listen to those who have been pushed to the signs, we give them the space to share what's really going on. Some of the most uh, impactful conversations I've had are with people who have hidden in the shadows. And I wonder, who are these people? Wait a minute, where'd you? Let me listen. Not tell them. They know better than I do. Not, Not disagree with them, but to listen to what's going on in their lives, what's going on in their part of the community. Listen to their truths. So Jesus gives us our first lesson. And it may sound simple, but listening, particularly if you're centered, is hard. 
when you're listening to someone who has been pushed to the margins, because then it challenges every idea you had about the community in which you live. Maybe we aren't the best community in the whole wide world, because here's a group of people saying that they this is what they've experienced while we've just been having a great old time. That's why it's important for us to listen to our children because they see things in our house and in our world that we miss because we ignore them while we're doing the things that we're doing. And, they, and they're looking at us and saying, well, that's not really right, is it? And listening to them, hearing them and responding to them in faith is most important. And so who do we need to listen to today in our community? Who, who are the voices that we need to hear? Who's not sitting in our pews? Who are the people who don't have the technology to be on this video with us today? Who are those folks? Where are they? How are they doing? What's happening to them? How is our city and our local budgets affecting them negatively? How, how is how we spend our money, how we operate in the world affecting them? What can we do so that we elevate their voices? They don't need us to speak for them. You see, Jesus didn't talk for her. Jesus knew what was going on, but he didn't talk for her. He let her tell her whole truth. So they don't need us to talk for them. They just need us to get out of the way and listen. So who are we going to listen to today? Now, let me just say, we haven't forgotten about the mission that Jesus was officially was first on. And so while one daughter was being healed, Jesus turns to Jairus' daughter, who's gone from sick to the worst. She's died. The scripture tells us while he was yet speaking, some some people from the leader's house came to say, your daughter is dead. Why bother? Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the synagogue, the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And Jesus and Peter, James and John, brother of James, go to the house. There's crying and wailing. And Jesus says, the child is not dead, but sleeping. Calls her to get up, and she does. And she starts walking around, and people are surprised and amazed. Right? And he tells them, don't say anything. Feed the child. Give her something to eat. Here's the good news. God wants our community to experience wholeness. I believe that that's what this story is about. God wants us to experience wholeness for everyone in the community. Will it look the way we believe it should look? Not always. Will it look like this story? Not always. Will there be challenges instead of happy endings for all? Yes. But here's what I know. And here's what I believe God is trying to share with us today, that God is still in the miracle making business. 
that God is still calling us to get in on the miracles. How can we do that, Pastor Kelly? By opening up access, by listening and continuing to have faith. So who are those folks who've been pushed to the margins? Who are those folks who've been forgotten? Who of those, who are those folks who we have given up on? God is calling us to shift our centers. God is calling us to have hope even when things seem hopeless. God is calling us to care about those who we see only from far away or only seeing glances. Those who have been legislated against in our church and in society. Let's listen to them and believe them. Even when the truth is hard to hear. Those who, uh, who can't speak for themselves, how can we believe for them? Be a voice of life for them. Speak wholeness to them. Is it easy? No, it's not. It calls us to be vulnerable and to ask tough questions that have even more difficult answers. But I can say this. God is already in those places calling us to join God on behalf of the oppressed and the forgotten. We're called to join in that work as disciples of Jesus Christ. Do we have to do it all? No. Do we have to do our part as community? Yes. Because Jesus makes us this promise. And I will be with you until the very end of the age. And therein lies our hope. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, for community, we give you thanks. For those who have felt forgotten, given up on. God, fix our eyes on them. Fix our ears to hear them. Fix our hearts to believe that you have good in store for them. Show us how to work and walk in that belief and in that faith. When we vote and when we make decisions about budgets and when we, and when we go to places of worship, when we talk to our friends, how we talk to our children. Help us, God, to care for the least of these because your word declares that when we care for the least of these, we care for you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name for the strength you'll give us to be faithful to the work you've called us to. Amen. Amen.